until we said yes because you're relentless like that and, uh, and you never quit and so we're thankful for that today we're thankful that, that uh, what you've done in us now gets expressed in love for others love to the degree that it sends us out to places that are foreign to us where different languages are spoken and different customs and yet you send us and so thank you even just for that evidence of the transforming power of your love in our lives. We praise you and we thank you. Lord, let us never cease to remember all that you have done, whatever the circumstance. God, we praise you this morning. We love you and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's really great to be with you. And again, if you're a guest with us this morning, we are so thankful for you to be here with us. And uh, my name is Pete, and I'm here to kind of set the table for us for the next coming three weeks. Uh, we're going to be in a series called Worth It, and we're going to be challenging our church to consider the call to missional work. And I know many of you have already uh, signed up. We have several teams heading out this summer. Many of you in the past have participated in missions trips. But every year we want to take a specific time out of our teaching schedule to focus on why God calls us and invites us to join him in the work that he is doing, still saving lives by the power of the gospel around the world. Amen? At Salem Heights, our overarching goal for missions is that you, our people, would participate in God's work in an environment outside of your comfort zone so that you can experience the power of the gospel in a way that will motivate you to come back here home to Salem and be more motivated to do the evangelistic work here in our own communities. That's why we're called to missions. It's not just to go and save somebody, but we want to partner with people who are doing that around the world but then also let God's power motivate us to come home and do the same thing here in our own neighborhoods and communities. And so the purpose of what we're calling missions focus for the next three weeks is to communicate some of those needs. We want to invite people in who are from other parts of the world, other cultures, so they can communicate to you and you can see for yourself the discipleship and evangelistic needs around the world. And hopefully this will motivate you, the Salem Hider to consider how you can participate in a short-term mission trip in the future or possibly even in several community outreach opportunities we have this summer. And so our theme is worth it. Is it worth it? Is God still using missionary efforts? Is, does God need me to participate? And what will it cost me to do so? And what we want you to see over the next three weeks is that it is worth it, that God is using you and those who go out, not because of how great you are, but through his Holy Spirit, he will equip you and empower you to make a difference. And you might be sitting here this morning going, not sure that I have what it takes, and I'm not sure it will make any difference. And I'm here to tell you, it does, and it can, and it will. And so we've brought in some speakers, and I'm really excited to introduce our speaker this morning. And I'll do that here in just a few minutes. But there are multiple ways over the next three weeks. We know today is the first. And so you're going to, maybe the Lord starts to stir you this morning. But over the next three weeks, after services in our registration area, we're going to have multiple ways for you to respond. 
We have a missions advisory team that's going to be out in the registration area each week. These are all people who have been on the mission field on short-term missions. They can answer any question pertaining to what does it look like to go on a family mission trip, to go on an international mission trip, to go on the reservation and minister to the Navajo people. What does that look like? They can answer all those questions. We have opportunities for you to potentially sign up for two open uh, family mission trips still this summer, one to Ukiah and one to Halfway. It's not too late. If maybe God stirs you to go, I need to go take my family this summer to go serve. Uh, there's an opportunity for you to uh, be able to gain a, we have different resources out there for what does it look like? What is it going to, what are some of the details, the logistics? For those of you who want to know, like, what's it going to cost me and how long do these things take and all those types of things. We have a handout out there for you who are considering missions. But each week we want to call you to consider what God will have you do. And in, and in three weeks, on June 2nd, we're going to have Salem Heights Serves. And this is an opportunity for those who are not currently serving in a ministry here at Salem Heights to look at what does God want me to do. Because if I'm a regular attender here, I'm going to join in the work that God's doing through Salem Heights. And so in two weeks, you can have an opportunity, if you're not currently serving in a role, to be able to do that. Four years ago when I came on to staff here, the pastors pulled me aside and said, hey, Pete, would you consider going to Latvia? We want to go encourage our missionaries, Tim and Mary Dady, and be able to go see, is there work for us to do over there in Latvia? I didn't know Latvia. I couldn't tell you on the map where it was at the time, but I said, sure. And so I was able to go over and join Tim and Mary Dady and be able to experience the culture there. And, and last summer I led a trip uh, to a te another team over to Latvia, and I'll be doing the same here in a few weeks. Uh, but this part of the world has become very special to me. And so I want to introduce you to, to the Latvian people this morning, first through a video that explains uh, where is Latvia, what do they do, and what is Jesus Christ doing in their country. Take a look at this video. joy in alcohol and when we cannot find joy we decide to finish this life but in the midst of all of that we have faith in Jesus he's raising a young generation here in Latvia who has clear vision and mission we are a moment of God among the youth of Central and Eastern Europe that finds its home in local church and transforms society. 
So, how do we do that? Your coming affects young people's lives more than you can imagine. We need you on your knees. We need your hours spent in prayer. Pray for team leaders. Pray for churches. Pray for unity. Pray for effective planning. Pray for every young person. Pray for ministry now that disciples would be made. So this morning, it's our great privilege to have with us Edgar Zdeknis. He is the country leader and president of Yaunishia Virziba, which means youth movement, a Josiah Venture partner organization in Latvia. Edgar's and his wife Anate were both uh, became followers of Jesus Christ through North American churches, leading them in a uh, discipleship manner. They have a huge passion to lead the local church in Latvia, and they are praying to double their JV staff to 50 people in the next five years and to be represented in all five regions of Latvia. Edgar's and Anate have two daughters, Dartha and Greta, and they're here with us this morning. Would you please welcome Edgar's Dexnice? I'm going to pray for you. Amen. And, uh, I, we've had the opportunity to spend a few days with Edgar's and his family and uh, just been blessed personally. I'm getting emotional, man. That's not Latvia to okay. me. Sorry. <laughs> We're just so thankful to have you here. So let me pray. God, you are good. And thank you so much for this morning. And I pray that you would give Edgar's clarity, allow him to share his heart, allow him to bring your word and allow it to stir our hearts. We pray this in your son's precious name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I feel like in my family when I say good hello, they all respond and thank you for your hospitality. And really, we're really blessed uh, through hospitality of um, your people, uh, your church, and um, actually um, even specific people. And uh, when we came uh, to Oregon, we we heard about that Oregon is really different different than other American states. And so when we went to Arizona first, they said, Oregon is, Oregon is really beautiful. So, oh, that's good. So we came here, really beautiful green, a little bit colder than Arizona, <laughs> but still really beautiful. And one thing what struck uh, our family is that hospitality. When we first entered the room, um, what was, um, we're staying with the, Pete and his family in, in their house, and we saw a huge basket 
full of different things from the church, like a blessing to our kids, blessing to ourselves, and like, oh, that's amazing. The next we saw that we, I heard about Oregon, there's a lot of rain going on. <laughs> we came in, there was no rain, and then yesterday, thanks God, there was so much rain. It's like, oh. And then today coming up, and I see, uh, saw AJ, He's so hospitable that even he wears a shirt like me, you know, even. <laughs> and then Pastor Pete gave his shoes for me today. So I'm telling you, I really, really uh, appreciate your hospitality. To answer on this question, is God working through missionary efforts, um, it could be easy to say yes, and that's it, and we can go. But there is something a little bit more that I want to share with you today. And as I'm sharing this, I really would like you to be um, res respectful uh, for my English. I'm not English speaker. Uh, I'm Latvian. Um, but even um, a couple of days ago, we went to this pie place close, like four miles away, uh, got pie, there's a big sign, and there is one lady standing in line with me, and she said, you have an interesting accent. I said, hmm, in Latvia that would mean, what a strange accent. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she was really interested in my accent, so I hope you will be really interested, not just in my accent, but in the message of God, what uh, he laid on my heart this morning. Amen. Let's read a couple of verses from Matthew 9. Um, Chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and dispirited, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Amen. Almighty God, thank you for your word, and we pray as we think about this word, you would, um, through your Holy Spirit, he would speak on us. Open up our ears, but most of us open up our hearts so we can be good disciples of you, so we can obey you, because you are our great shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Today there is so many kingdoms in the world. And maybe, like, you could say there's actually not so many kings. But in Sweden, for example, there's a king. In England, there's a um, queen. <laughs> but when we go further, we can see actually there is so much more kingdoms. We go to the certain companies, and we see there is a big COO, or how you say, yeah, correctly. Uh, so the leader of company, and he have a, or she have a little kingdom. Sometimes you can go to the homes and you can see actually there is a little king or the huge king and a little queen. They have a little kingdom there. 
Sometimes you can go to the church and you can just feel there is like a kingdom. There is certain people who are taking advantages on others and creating their own kingdom. And that's why like, I think it's really easy, easy even for ourselves. And I will tell you, there has been many times when I have created or wanted to create my own kingdom. When I was 12, I became to referee basketball. And I became really good, even refing the professionals. And yesterday, watching game on TV, like I thought, hmm, some calls wasn't as good as they needed. <laughs> and, uh, and I became more and more about myself, about my career. And um, it went even that far that I maybe was not obeying God, the direction where he wanted me to go. And I think it's really easy for us to create our own kingdoms. How we spend our time, how we invest our money, how we raise our children, what's the most important in our lives, even here in the church. You see, we are part of different kind of kingdom because we have a different kind of king. And if you're here today not knowing who is your king, or maybe you know, but it's not Jesus Christ, I want to tell you the greatest story. And it's not just greatest story, it's a really great experience in my life. I like this last song because we're not just talking about and singing about something amazing what happened with someone else. No, we're singing and talking about something what happened with us and it makes us excited because I still remember this great king, and he was a different kind of king. We are part of different kind of kingdom because there is different kind of king. You know, um, less than months ago we celebrated Easter. And Easter for Christians should be the main um, celebration. Jesus Christ raising up from the dead, showing that all what he said is truth. But not just empty um, grave shows that there was something big. No. I think the biggest miracle is not empty grave, but that we can have personal relationships with the God Father through Jesus Christ. Amen. And we can experience that today. So less than months ago, we celebrated Easter. And many people, when they saw Jesus entering Jerusalem, they were cheering, Hosanna. Or maybe in English, it's Hosanna. <laughs> And so they were cheering. And even in, what's interesting in the Bible, it says that even children were shouting to him. People were screaming. Some probably walked around and thought like, okay, this is next Messiah who entering the city. Because before Jesus, there were so many people coming in and saying, I'm Messiah. I'm the chosen one. I'm that person who will come and change this environment, this city, even your life. But you know what? There is only one Messiah who wants to change not just your city, not just your country, but you too. Amen. And that's Jesus Christ. And so when he entered the city of Jerusalem, he was a different kind of king. Because typically when kings come in, they have a, like a, he, have a, he or she have a really great horse or like army who really protects him. Jesus went in really in a humble way. He was saying, like, basically, I'm the king, but I don't need protection. My protection is there. So he comes in, and people are watching him. And I'm guessing that some of people were probably cheering the most because they thought, this, if this is the right Messiah, if he will going to be our political leader, I want to be as close as possible. I want to be next minister or tax person, and 
I, have a, I want to really have a good place with Jesus. And some were quiet. They probably saw, hmm, I just am going to walk closely by and see what's happening. And even today, there are so many people who are cl walking closely to Jesus and wondering, I will going to test you. Will you do this for me? Will not? Some of us are really cheering like, yeah, Jesus, you're the man. And then we are, you're being in the, in the place where you need to choose, should I pay tax or not? I, I will going to figure out what's best for me. And so we're, even in our daily life, there's so many opportunities for us to make decisions how we're going to relate to Jesus Christ. And even in that time, there was many people who, who thought about how should we relate to Jesus. And you know how it sounds? Jesus is on the cross by himself. And even he's saying these words, what's really hard, Father, Father, why you have forsaken me? Yeah. How many times we in our lives felt the same situation? That actually we feel like alone or isolated, that we need someone who even comes in and helps us. Yesterday I felt a little bit sick and I had some headaches and I fold in my bed to sleep and like I just so much need my wife's touch. Just touch my head or my hand so I have some comfort. And I asked her and she did, she did that and it was fine. But so much we actually we need the comfort of Jesus Christ. And we are in so many different situations. And so the question is, is, is worth it? Should we, should we actually go to the missions? Is it, does it make any change? And it does. And let's go back to the passage of what we just read. Um, and we see that um, as Jesus was a different kind of king and kingdom, there were certain reasons why he was a different kind of king. And in my opinion, and I'm a pastor, and I think I know something about Bible, but there is so much what I don't know. Um, I think there is a three, three things why Jesus was a different kind of king, and why his kingdom was a different kind of kingdom. The first of all, Jesus had a clear mission and calling. We can read it in verse 35. Jesus was going through the all cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Jesus had a clear mission and calling. Uh, Jewish uh, historical uh, Joseph Flavio, he's thinking about that in that time, uh, this um, Jesus' mission was more about Galilee area, Sea of Galilee. And there was around 3 million people living at that time. So imagine Jesus was walking on his daily life and actually being around 3 million people. That's like more than Latvia. And sometimes we could look at Jesus and think, oh my goodness, he was such a great person. He had almost 3 million people interacted with him, so probably I'm not as great. And so, okay, Jesus, you do your thing and I will gonna just be still in my place. But there is something more. Um, as, we, as we read this, we can see that Jesus was walking himself around the area. So when we ask this question, was Jesus a different kind of king? He was, and why? Because he was walking around by himself. 
Many of the kings who are really want to rule the world, they actually sit in the still in their place, and they want that others go and do his uh, work for, for him or her. No, Jesus is walking, walking around himself because Father has told him. The next thing what he does in this verse, we read that actually he was teaching them. And sometimes we think, oh, the Jews, like they didn't know anything about God. Oh my goodness, they knew much more than even we think. And Jesus went into the synagogues. And that's, that's from, for some people, maybe it's crazy knowing that Jesus Christ, uh, who was the person, God, in the same moment, and Jews tried to kill him, he actually went closer to his enemies to teaching them about his father. Because he, he wasn't afraid. Because he knew his mission and calling. There is something more. He wasn't just teaching them. Because Jews lo- uh, liked teaching. But he was, what we read here in verse 35, proclaiming the gospel of kingdom. He said kingdom is right here. And you know people, kingdom even today is right here. And even today, by just uh, saying and, and, and asking forgiveness to God Almighty, to Jesus Christ who's crucified and, and was uh, and still alive, He's with the Father. Today you can experience the kingdom of God, not just coming here, but coming here in your heart and change transformation. And that just makes turnout in your life. And oh my goodness. That's the most beautiful thing that can happen. I know for men, probably beautiful is not the right word. That's the most exciting thing. Because Jesus changed people's lives. What we see here, he even healed people. And there is so many um, kings who don't want to touch anyone who is sick. There is so many high-position people who don't want to even greet their um, people who work in the entrance Jesus don't care, are you in high position or low position? Are you healthy or are you sick? He wants to heal you today. And that's what amazed me when thinking about Jesus, that how he did, and then I'm thinking about some homeless people back in Riga, I even don't want to touch them. And I know homeless people, is so many here, and sick people, we have everywhere them. So that's why Jesus was a different kind of king. Why he was a different kind of king? Number two, Jesus saw the reality of people who surrounded him and had a passion for them. We read that in verse 36. Let's read. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like a sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw the reality of people who surrounded him. And Jesus had this compassion. It's interesting that this word compassion is found in many other uh, stories in the Bible. Maybe you know Luke 15, the prodigal son. When the youngest son comes, youngest son comes back to the father... Father, have compassion for this youngest son that he even starts to run. In that age, old people don't run. Father don't care about his age. He runs to his son because he has compassion for him. 
when we look more closer to this Greek word, it actually means that it's coming from your inside. Like it's cast something. Like it's like a, even, um, um, so basically, sometimes maybe we have experienced situation where we may be driving or walking and passing by some situation. We think, oh, so sad for this guy or this girl, and just we continue our path. But no, this compassion means that we stop, we get out, even if we'll be late for our meeting, we just like, we pull off our shirt and we just get with this dirty maybe situation, help change tire or fix something or help in a way we want or can. That's mean compassion. And this compassion still have Jesus for you and me. It's not just for the one day when we submitted ourselves to the king and said, yes, this is the best day in my life. No, even today when we go through different challenges, he says, I'm still compassionate for you because you're my dear, you're my dear sons and daughters. And that's what's amazed me about gospel because it's truth back then and it's truth right now, right here. When we look forward and answering on the question why, why I think Jesus was a different kind of king. Number three, Jesus saw the need for multiplication. Verses 36, uh, sorry, 37 till 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest and to send out the workers into his harvest. Jesus really saw the need for multiplication. Have you seen any king who wants that someone comes next to him and replace him or her? Typically, no. Typically, people who are in the top positions, they want their enemies far distance. They don't want to be replaced. Look what's happening in Kazakhstan, for example. President says, I'm going away. Like, who comes in a place? They're planning to take uh, his daughter and put in the president position. Like it's all about one family who rules the country. People in high positions sometimes are afraid for being replaced. Jesus, the son of God, the greatest king, wasn't afraid to involve some kind of, I would say, random people. <laughs> He chose 12 people. One of them are actually really random that he decided to go against Jesus. When we look at the situation near the cross, we see that they all were dismissed. They all went different ways, and Jesus was there alone. Okay, we could say there was one disciple with Jesus' mother, but honestly, they all were so in distance from Jesus at that point. But Jesus, when he says these words, he sees the need for multiplication. He just sees this. When, uh, when I think uh, about this multiplication, um, I see there is a couple things where, where he is actually inviting his disciples and he says even in different um, uh, different uh, translation, he says, pray for my father. So what he does, he invites his disciples for two things. He says, pray, pray to my father. But what's really interesting, in the next chapter, chapter 10, he sends out his disciples. 
Imagine, like, I know there's American slang, bay and switch, yeah? I'm thinking, did it happen here with disciples? Jesus said, pray, and then the next moment he says, so go. <laughs> like saying, like, pray to my father, so he sends out new uh, people who are going to work for me, who will multiply the kingdom of God, and then the next moment he actually sends his disciples out. And that's amazing to see how people's lives have changed. I'm getting a little bit calm more, so you need to help me more. But we're going to this situation where we actually need personally answer some questions. And you see, when, when people were shouting to Jesus when he entered the Jerusalem, they shout, Oziana. And some would say that this Oziana means for help, shout for help. Oziana, help me. But some translations even say there's a different meaning, what's mean, Oziana. They're basically saying, praise God. So it could be that we are even today, we're in different um, situations in our lives when we actually are praising God for what He has done. But some of us have an even hard time to stand up or even open mouth and praise God because we are deeply having some issues where we're saying, Oziana, help me. And so these three questions, um, what I will ask you to consider to answer yourselves, it doesn't matter in which situation you are today, in which season, but these are three questions that we need to answer ourselves today. And the first is, do I know my mission and calling? Do I know personally my mission and calling? And there are so many people who are out there, and even maybe here in the church, who are wondering and asking this question, what is my calling? I think one of the biggest uh, questions what every man, and then when I asked the same question in Latvia, every woman knocked their head too. So I understood it's a, it's a global question. What is the purpose of my life? What is the meaning of my life? And maybe you're pretty confident, you know I need to do this and this, but so many people are lost. So one of the things what I would suggest you today, now, or after, or tomorrow, is spend time with your Father in heaven and think, God, what is the meaning of my life? Maybe it's one sentence. Maybe it's two sentences. For me personally, when I became a Christian at the age of 19, God really laid on my heart to work with the young people. Soon after, He transformed that little bit, and now my passion is working with the young people who are outside the church who don't know Christ. I so much love these young people. And even more, I'm so passionate for young men. Seeing these 15 and 16 year old guys who, like they're in the sweet spot, like, they're, like you, can, you can give them so much because they're like, they will, they will take from you. And they still don't know Jesus? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's talk about this. There is so much need for young people to know Christ and transform society. And even knowing your state, how liberal is that? I'm thanking God that in Latvia we're not liberal, that liberal yet. But um, I'm just thinking how much transformation can happen through young people 
and even through you. So one question, do I know my mission and calling? And the second question, does my heart have a compassion for the needs of the people surrounding me? And you know, there is so many people around us. <laughs> so many people. And if you will try to help everyone, you will be done after a week, I think. Like, you, you're like, I can't do this. And that's reality, because there are so many people. There is so many needs. And even uh, Jesus says to his disciples, Beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Because his harvest is so, so big. But the question is, do you have a compassion? And it's interesting because next week here will be per a person from Compassion. So I can like uh, um, warm up you guys for this word Compassion. Do you have a compassion? You know, someone, if someone does um, say some bad words to my wife, I get really compassionate. Even my daughters, when they say something bad to my wife, like I'm saying, no, no, no. You don't talk like that with your mom. What is the compassion when we're ready to give out our time and resources and say, hey, we're here for the kingdom of God? And I know maybe some of you feel like a little bit pressured because I'm missionary. Your church from America who have the greatest resources so far in the world. What are you doing with your resources? I don't have an answer to give you what you should do, but um, if you're interested, there is, um, I will be outside and there is some uh, uh, national missionaries who are looking for support. That's one option. Another option will be that you join missions and become part of our short-term teams, globally or locally. Or maybe like Tori, she will come as an in, uh, extended intern to Latvia. Or maybe like Tim and Mary, becoming like missionaries in Latvia, full-time. There is so much needs in this world. But the question still with you and your Father in Heaven is, what are you compassionate for? Who are these people? And that's the best thing about church, that we are so different. Some of you cheering for music, AJ. <laughs> Some of you cheering for men. Some of you cheering for girls and women, how to help them, for young kids, for uh, older kids. We're so many and so different. And that's okay, because the, we're still body of Christ. But what is my heart compassion for? And the third thing, what is my part in expanding the kingdom of God? And maybe that I a little bit already said to you, but what is my part in expanding the kingdom of God? What does it mean in my personal life or our family life? Could it be that we live like in a status quo situation when we are actually fine with everything? I don't know. I really don't know. But one thing that I know the Father do know. Dietrich Schindler, um, he's the pastor and church planter in, uh, who was born in Germany and then um, during the wartime uh, he was raised in the um, US. He um, wrote this book about Jesus' model. And he writes about the uh, Jesus' um, model um, for church planting. 
And he says that Jesus, ministry of Jesus was possible, or the base, basic of Jesus' ministry was because he was so close to his father. And you know, uh, sometimes I think as a missionary that I will change Latvia, but I don't read Bible. I will gonna change this person's life, but actually I don't pray. And we have a distance with the Father in heaven. And I think one thing what, when you're looking for answers for these questions is the question what you need to start, how close I am to my Father in heaven. Because he have all answers. Indeed, he have all answers for you guys and for me. And you know what? We must do this. Otherwise, our life doesn't matter. We must come closer to our Father in heaven. And then this question, is it worth it? Then this question makes total sense for us. Because if we're going after our kingdoms, it's not worth it. You spend your time, your money, like you will be sweating with a lot of teenagers for one week in camp, sleep on the floors, you will gonna have a bad meal on the airplane and all of other things. No. But if Father says you to do this, then may God bless you to obey Him. And I'm so happy for your church. I really, I really enjoy you guys. And um, as I'm closing, I would like to pray for you guys. May God bless you and give the wisdom. Would you stand? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we can come to you and ask this question, is it worth? Is it worth to follow you? Is it worth for us to be on a mission-minded every day? Is it worth to follow you and obey you? God, thank you for this chance to ask these questions. And God, I'm blessing Salem Heights Church as they have been faithful in many ways already for the kingdom of God. God, I'm blessing and thanking for every single person in this church. And I, God, I pray that they would always listen to you, Father. Holy Spirit, please direct them and lead them as they continue to walk with you. And God, we pray for every single person in this room who still haven't met you, Jesus. God, we pray that you would open up this person's heart at this moment. So that everyone can see and experience how passionate you are for every person in this world. Because you don't love just some wise people. No, we read in the Bible that you love so much this world. That you gave your son for everyone. God, it's so much to be in a one family with these people. And it's so much to know, it's so, much, it's so good to know that Holy Spirit, you are dwelling in us. You're connecting us through Jesus Christ. So we can come closer to the Father in heaven. And God, as we continue to think about missions, 
please help us to understand what is our role in your kingdom, expanding of your kingdom. And God, I'm sending these people to do your mission, even locally or globally, but so it may be close with you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you guys encouraged by that? You may take your seats. We're, we'll dismiss in just a moment. But over the next three weeks, we're going to make a point. We have several teams and people heading out into the mission field. One of the things we want to do is called commission them. We want to pray over them and have you join us in those prayers. But here's what I want you to remember. That man who just preached a sermon to you today and used God's word to encourage our hearts and challenge our hearts was saved through American teams who went over to his town and shared the gospel with them. And so God is still using missionary efforts today, and he can use you both locally and globally to reach people far from him and bring them into this kind of kingdom. I want to invite up at this time Tori Shine. I'm also going to have Tim and Mary start making their way up. Uh, Tori here was uh, an addition to our team last year in Latvia, and she came back, and she felt like, God might be calling her to full-time missions, and she is going to be going back now to serve on an extended internship with Josiah Venture in Latvia. Uh, she's going to be leaving here in a few days, and so I'm going to pray over Tori. Uh, she's going to be by our missions wall after service. She has some prayer cards. If you just want to pray for her, the Lord has fully funded her to go to Latvia through supporters, so that's an amazing praise. Yeah. And so uh, Tori's going to be leaving. We just wanted you to know that. I want to pray for you right now. And uh, then I'm going to just, uh, Tim and Mary, would you come up here and join me as we pray for her? Uh, let's give Tim and Mary a hand. And I'm also going to invite Tori's D team up here so you guys can come join us. They weren't expecting this, but middle schoolers can get a little embarrassed. Those of you who might be new to our church, Tim and Mary Dady are full-time missionaries from Salem Heights in Josiah Venture, Latvia, and so they're here on home assignment, and they're joining us. They have a dessert this Thursday where they're going to be sharing updates. They've got a lot of exciting news. They would love to share all about that. So if you're here this week, Thursday night here at the church, there's a sign-up RSVP at the missions wall as well, but they'll be hanging around both services and would love to be able to chat with you. But let's, uh, let's pray for Tori. Father God, we are so thankful for your call, and we are so thankful for uh, the gifting you give each one of us. And we just pray now, Lord, that you would uh, continue to provide for Tori, give her wisdom, give her strength as she heads to a, a country not her own. And thank you for her heart and willingness to go and reach uh, young women in Latvia for the gospel. I pray that this would be an amazing experience and that, God, you would give her clarity whether this is the first step to potentially full-time missionary work somewhere in the world. God, protect her. Uh, from spiritual warfare, give her a, a closeness to the Father through the reading of the word, and allow Salem Heights to be a constant support for her over these coming months. We thank you for providing for her a way to get there, and now we send her and ask that you would continue to watch over her in these coming days and weeks. We pray this in your son's beautiful name. Amen. We're excited to have you guys here this morning. We're going to dismiss you and encourage you to visit the missions table. If God's stirring in you, go talk to somebody about that. Go say hi to the Dadies or Tori. Have a blessed Sunday. We'll see you next week.